Alistair Cook. Tonight we begin a new series called Luke Special Edition Scream. So I can only say that now is the time for the party to settle into a spate of dueling and loving and... And screaming. Not to mention banking and copper mining. Copper mining plays a big part in this story because we are in Cornwall, the county of Cornwall in England at the end of the 18th century. So we open with Captain Poldark jogging home in a stagecoach to meet and amaze his friends. What? Jason and this is Gabe. As you heard in the opening there, this is Blast Points Masterpiece Theater because we, we haven't done the episode yet, but I have a feeling this is possibly one of the most important episodes we've ever done. This is an episode that's going to probably be played in museums as a work of art. Oh, I think it is because when we were talking about this episode, it was like, well, yeah, everybody knows about this, but as we were getting closer and closer to recording the episode i don't know if everybody really knows about this anymore so it might be very important to remind people of this very strange time in star wars history these what seven years when the world was flipped upside down because i feel like it's something that we've talked about quite a bit we're very familiar with something that haunted us for decades the special edition luke scream and what we're talking about is when luke fell down this the shaft in cloud city he screamed suddenly for the first time in 1997 and it was strange and it was confusing and nobody really knew why how this happened and then suddenly what when the i think when the dvd came out it disappeared and it's like well that's gone now but why was it there in the first place (laughs) And why is it now gone? And why did it sound like the emperor? 
Right, because it's one of those rare special edition things that showed up and then immediately disappeared in the next release, which, yeah, just makes it even crazier and makes you feel even crazier remembering it because maybe it didn't really happen, but it did happen. And and that and that's the thing as we started to get ready for this episode and we were like, hey, everybody, you know, the Luke special edition scream. A lot of people are like, what are you talking about? So, which is very on brand for us. Why did it suddenly show up? Why did it disappear? We've got answers, real answers to the, and really it's just one answer that answers all those questions, which we're going to be getting into later. So like we said, this is, this is a work of art episode. This is, this is an episode I think only we can do, only we would do. And only you people listening to this right now would want to listen to this. And even you might not even care by the end. (laughs) And if you do, thank you. Thank you. So before we get into all that, though, we've got some very important, very cool, actual, like, celebration news to talk about. What's up? But it's been a while since we've played that intro. But this is like real celebration stuff. It concerns us. I don't know if you folks listening have heard, but we're doing a panel at Celebration. They're letting us do this. (laughs) Yeah, we are so honored to be able to share the stage with Tom Spina, of course, who is wonderful and... The even more incredible and wonderful Kirk Thatcher to talk about the secrets of Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace, creatures, all the stuff everybody loves. It's been really hard to sit on this for the last month when this all started to become real. And yeah, like you said, we're just so honored and so thankful for for really for Tom Spina for inviting us along for this. Obviously, we didn't bug him too much because, yeah, we're, we're doing this thing. It's going to be in the Twin Suns room on the Sunday of Celebration at 2 p.m. And it's like a medium-sized room. It's not, it's, I think it holds about like 850 or so people. So you're going to want to get there early. You're going to want to get in line. It's not going to be like a, a wristbanded lottery event or anything. So, but you're going to want to show up early for it. And I don't know, it's, it's just so, it's so crazy. Like when we started Blast Points years ago, it was like a dream of like, wouldn't it be cool if one day we could do something at Celebration? Like that would be so cool. And to be able to be do, doing this, it's just, it it's surreal and it's awesome. And we're, we're so excited and yeah, so thankful and so grateful. This is going to be great. And and we're going to be talking about the the weird aliens of Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And Kirk Thatcher, like seriously, if you haven't already, go back and listen to our episode we did with Spina and Thatcher three years ago now or something, four years ago. Go, go to BlastPointsPodcast.com and do the handy-dandy search feature and just search Spina or Thatcher or something. It'll come up. And that'll give you a little bit of a taste of what we're going to talk about, but we're going to go so in depth on 
all the weird aliens of Jabba's palace. Like we're going to be talking some Elam, some Whippid, some Weeba Weeba, some Toadstool Terror. We're going to be talking about all your favorite aliens. Yeah, and if you've been to any of Tom's previous panels with the Secrets of the Cantina, it's a real good time. So, yeah, we are beyond excited. More than 80 creatures lurked in the shadows of Jabba's palace. That's more monsters by far than have ever been assembled for a single movie. They all began to take shape like this, as small models called maquettes. Most of them were sculpted over and over again before they were approved. A team of 15 artists, aided by other craftsmen, worked 13 months, the last six of them on a day and night basis, to translate the maquettes into full-scale clay models of puppets and masks. So back to the important matters at hand. Luke's special edition Scream. It's very appropriate that we're doing this right now because this year is the 25th anniversary of the special editions. And that means then it's the 25th anniversary of Luke's weird Scream in the Empire Strikes Back special edition. And let's take it back a little bit back to February 1997. The Empire special edition a New Hope had all the pizzazz and all the attention. It had Digital Jabba. It had Rontos. It had a swoop guy. It had a new droid on Tatooine. There was toys for the changes in the special edition. But remember the weird thing with Empire was it was weeks away, and we, we knew there was going to be changes in Empire, but we had no idea what to expect. And it wasn't even until like the teaser trailer or the trailer that played before for A New Hope, for Empire and Jedi, where we were like, oh my god, there's a Wampa. Did we ever dare to dream that there would be more Wampa? I don't think we did. But once once we knew it was coming, then, then we felt free to dream of more Wampa. Yeah, and that was like, what, a month ahead of time? Not even? It's like weeks. Yeah. Like, Empire and A New Hope were pretty close, and then they spaced out Jedi more, because the other two were making so much money. So then the real crazy thing is, you go see The Empire Strikes Back Special Edition, February 1997. You're feeling good. You got the Wampa in the beginning. You kind of know, okay, things are going to be pretty. There might be some, you know, some mat lines that are taken out or some little tweaks before we get to Cloud City. The thing that drove me crazy sitting in the theater for Empire, though, were all the completely bizarre dialogue changes. Or not, not even dialogue changes, weird little additions and things flipped around that were messing me up. The first thing that that really had me questioning my sanity, and I talk about this a lot, like a lot, because I was going crazy, is thanks 3PO. Yeah. Well, because for me, I felt like it had been long enough since I watched Empire before I went and watched the special editions. Like, I don't feel like I watched the old versions to get warmed up. Like I was just saving myself for the special editions. So I like, wasn't really sure if maybe I just forgot that that was <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> I always compared it to like, if you put on like a Beatles record or something, you know, so you're so familiar with, and suddenly there were like different instruments in like this Beatles record. And no one told you like, am I going crazy? Has this always been there? So let, let's, here's the, 
original version of 3PO and everybody walking into the, the little medical bay when Luke has gotten out of the back to tank. Master Luke, sir, it's so good to see you fully functional again. And now here's the special edition. Master Luke, sir, it's so good to see you fully functional again. Thanks, Luke. Are to express this as relief also? Yeah, and then the even crazier thing is it doesn't really sound like it's Mark Hamill. Like, maybe it's Mark Hamill, but it, it doesn't really sound like him like the robo mark hamill in the mandalorian sounds more like him than this so even if this really is him it's just an odd it's an odd take but it's really grown on me and it's one of those goofy star wars things that i would not want them to take it back out thanks 3po It messes with me every time. I I still can't get over it. And I know I'm like one of the only people in the world that is like, still every time with thanks 3PO. I'm playing through like Lego Star Wars, like Lego the Skywalker saga. And the crazy thing is when Luke is brought back into Echo Base, 3PO says, Master Luke, so good to see you fully functional. Thanks 3PO. And I was like, oh my God, it's in the Lego game. Do you think they put it in there because they know it's a weird thing from the special editions? Or do you think they put it in there because at this point it has been the normal version of the movie for so long? Why wouldn't you put it in there? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe both. I don't know. Because at at this point, yeah, if it didn't, if it didn't say it, if he didn't say it, it would, it would feel wrong. And, you know, maybe when you're in the Bakta tank for a couple days, he does weird things to your voice. Come out with a froggy throat. Thanks, 3PO. Thanks. The other crazy thing that had me going crazy even more is, and do take care of yourself. This one's really, really crazy. And I have, I was like sitting in the theater in February 1997 being like, am I losing my mind? And maybe I am because just weeks before that, I watched A New Hope in the theater 11 times over the course of two days. And I'm like, maybe maybe my mind is going. That is a very real possibility. And I was, I'd get home and put the VHS in and be like, no, I'm not going crazy. That was different. What is going on with these special editions? So set the scene. R2 is being lowered into Luke's X-Wing. Originally... 3PO just says, Do take good care of yourself. In the special edition, 3PO says, Do take good care of yourself. Now, the crazy thing is, if you go all the way back to our episode 178 from years ago, we did a whole episode on the difference with the Empire Strikes Back stereo and mono mix that were playing in theater simultaneously in May of 1980, and how there were a two different audio versions of Empire playing at the same time. And in the mono mix in 1980, there was, and do take good care of yourself. Every home video release had just do take good care of yourself. Then suddenly in 97, the and is back and it's been there ever since. And in this case, that is the original because the mono mix was done first. Yeah, the the mono mix was the one they spent the most time on because most theaters at the time were not able to show films in super duper stereo like George Lucas wanted. And then it kind of makes sense that then for home video, where people had like better sound systems at their home than most theaters probably had in the 1980s, 
they would use the stereo mix. So that's why for all these years we had just do take good care of yourself. But it's so weird. That's what drives me crazy. Why would you take an and out and take an and in? It's so weird and small and crazy. Well, see, that one makes sense to me because I feel like that's one of those situations where they were doing these edits on tape and potentially cutting tape with razor blades to do cuts and edits. And they may have just miscut it when they were mixing it onto a new edit for stereo. Like maybe they had to go back to the original line and re-splice it into something for stereo and they just... They hit the button at the wrong time or they or they cut off too much tape and they missed the and and it was kind of like it's the stereo version. Who cares? We got to hurry up and do this because it's it's going to be released tomorrow kind of a thing like that makes way more sense than thanks 3PO. Thanks. 3PO. <laughs> Sitting in Empire in the theater. questioning my sanity. Everything's going along just fine. Yeah. Then they go to Cloud City. Everything's fine. That looks really cool, all all the additions that were put in there. And then, yeah, we get to the end of The Empire Strikes Back, and Luke falls down the shaft, and suddenly there's this crazy, crazy scream sound as Luke is falling. So this one I definitely noticed, because I will say, and, and do take good care of yourself, I did not catch that at first. Thanks, 3PO, yes, but and... You take care of yourself. That wasn't driving me crazy. I didn't notice the first time. But man, oh man, something felt weird when that scream (laughs) kicked in. Because it was like questioning my existence. Like, has it been this way forever and I just never paid attention? Is it this new sound mix? Did they just turn it up? And well, and the thing with thanks 3PO and and, and there's other weird little changes too, but those, the thanks 3PO and and were the two things that really stood out. But the weird thing with the scream, as we're going to get into, is it kind of changes the whole thing with that scene. Like and and thanks 3PO don't really make a difference. It's just messing with the heads of crazy people. I don't know the, the the weird yeah the scream is is really weird and it was kind of like I, I was sitting in the theater being like I don't know how I feel about that that's kind of I don't I don't know if I like that yeah because it's in a in a series full of weird things and weird decisions and and weird situations and and goofiness and all sorts of madness this is one of the craziest things because like you said it doesn't really make any sense what does it all mean where's this all going well stay tuned folks because we have got like we said the answers
Okay, so here we go. Let's get down to the facts. Let's go over the facts. Here is the original version. Here is how it existed for 17 years and how it exists again now. It is the only way. And here is how it sounded in 1997. It is the only way. Okay. So, that scream, if it sounds familiar... Yes, it is the same Emperor Palpatine scream from Return of the Jedi. Let's play the raw audio file of Palpatine being thrown down the shaft in Return of the Jedi. Even that is weird, too, because in the Sounds of Star Wars book, Ben Burt is talking about how, like, all the spark sounds and stuff are the same things they used in Raiders, which is, like, pig squeals and stuff. But there's no information about who is actually screaming there. Like, it could be Ian McDermott. It almost kind of sounds like Ian McDermott. Maybe it also really could easily be Ben Burt. Yeah, or it could be a situation where... Yeah, maybe he doesn't remember who did the scream, but he remembers the pigs. <laughs> Blame it on the pigs. But, you know, he's a he's an audio wizard. Maybe he can make pigs sound like Ian McDermott. I don't know. The crazy thing is, too, that that scream is such a dramatic, like, it's great for the emperor because it's such like an agonized, oh, it just, it doesn't work. For Luke, and the crazy thing is, too, it's like a lot of people, the the Luke scream in the special edition, it would be lost on them. But for fans who've seen these movies before several, several times, it was kind of like, are we supposed to not notice that that's the Emperor's scream? Because <laughs> that's the Emperor's scream. Well, and there's so little other audio in that part, too, where there's it's not like there's explosions and all these other things going on it's like there's some wind and some music but it's like there's not a lot of other sounds to 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 distract you from the fact that there's just this long extended scream as a uh, luke falls into a pit and gets sucked into a little vacuum cleaner tube okay so here's the big thing why was it in there and why did it then suddenly disappear when the DVDs came out? Which the DVDs were what two thousand four? Yeah, so seven years it was. It was Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Anytime you wanted to watch it, you had to deal with the Luke scream. So we reached out to Matthew Wood. He's at least listened to maybe one Blast Points episode, and he does have a T-shirt. And if we see him at Celebration Anaheim, he's going to get another Blast Points T-shirt. <laughs> It, it may be in his glove compartment in his car, and he's never taken it out of there. Or he uses it to uh, 
clean the oil off the dipstick in his engine. Do people do that anymore? <laughs> do engines still have that? I think they do, yeah. <laughs> I get my oil changed and they show it to me. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I have to pretend like that looks good. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Look looks clean to me. <laughs> So Matthew Wood, owner of a Blast Point shirt, at least he's heard of the he officially has heard of the show, Blast Points. That is true. So we reached out to him and he was kind enough to answer and give us the information on the Luke Scream. He says, and I quote, Ben Burt put that in in nineteen ninety-seven. George didn't recall approving it when I presented it to him in two thousand four which was a much more thorough remaster than 97. So we took it out, thankfully. Let's, let's analyze what Matthew Wood had to say there. George Lucas had nothing to do with the Palpatine scream being put in to The Empire Strikes Back when Luke falls. It was Ben Burt. That trickster. <laughs> no, just... Which boggles the mind for several reasons that Ben Burt maybe just had carte blanche on whatever he wanted to do for the special editions. And he was just like, I always wanted uh, Luke to have a scream. What do we got for screams? Oh, the emperors. Let's do it. <laughs> Who cares? Which is kind of awesome in a crazy Star Wars chaotic way. And I wish I could have been there when Matthew Wood presented it to George Lucas. And George Lucas is like, what the hell is that doing in there? <laughs> yeah, if only we had uh, Ben Burt's side of the story. Then maybe, you know, maybe George is just trying to uh, weasel his way out of it. But, you know, but realistically, it's like it could have been in a note. There was a note like, hey, let's try the scream. Or, you know, it was on a track that just... They never took the slider up so you could hear it before, but it was there. And, and, you know, and Ben was just trying to like, well, we got all these sounds here. Let's put them all in. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point too that. Yeah. Maybe there was a note, like add a Luke scream. And what are they going to do? Get Mark Hamill in 1997, 96 or something to record, just come in and scream. And maybe they thought no one would notice that it was the emperor's scream. Because, like, what else have they got? They got Lando's scream, like, when the Sarlacc tentacle grabs his leg or something. Are they going <laughs> to do that? But I'm almost surprised, too, that Ben Burt didn't just record himself screaming. Which, maybe, uh, again, maybe that's what Palpatine's scream actually is. And he's, like, good enough. Yeah, because, you, you know, you think about the 97 special edition that, you know, on one hand, it was kind of state-of-the-art visual and audio technology and cutting edge and, and all this stuff, but they're still Lucasfilm and they're not huge. And they were trying to get three movies ready at the same time, really, because they were all coming out so closely. So that's kind of the thing too, where mistakes are made and things get missed. Like with the, was it the DVDs where the, audio, the, the surround sound channels were flipped? Right. Yeah. Little, Mistakes happen and, you know, they're only human and there's only so many of them that, yeah, this very well could have just been a mistake that nobody caught until seven years later. <laughs> well, and the crazy thing is, is the fact that this version, like we said, did exist for over five years. Anytime you wanted to watch everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back, you had to go through the Luke Palpatine scream 
and like we said in earlier in the episode, it changes the whole thing, which is so wild because you have this incredibly dramatic, iconic moment of of, of Vader telling Luke the truth. Luke looking at Vader and then making that choice that he'd rather maybe fall to his death, which was always the cool thing in the the original version that he Luke just kind of willingly is like, well, maybe I'm going to die, but that's what's going to happen here. But when you add Luke kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? Right. Yeah. Because it's like, I would rather die than join you. Whoopee! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's so it's so strange. Yeah, and coming after like just the scene before where he's he already screamed. He got his screams out when when Vader says he tells him he's his father, and then now he's like he got his uh caught his breath back so he can scream again. And he screams when his hand gets cut off. Understandably, ah! yeah. And I can I'm sure there's some people who are like you know would compare this to Vader saying no in Return of the Jedi, where, you know, it changes the scene. We don't need that. But that there's logic behind that of why Vader says no and why it happens. And it, you know, it echoes the revenge of the Sith and it gives you more insight into Vader's feelings and, you know, whatever there's, there's logic to it, whether you think it's the right choice or not, there's no logic to that. This one, and as we found out, there was no potentially any logic to it ending up in the movie either. That it was potentially just an oversight, and yeah, it's so crazy that yeah, it does. It's almost like the movie's getting too intense, so they got to lighten it up by Luke having a good time jumping to his death instead of just jumping to his death. That's the thing, too, it could be taken as Luke, like. I'm so afraid I'm going to die at this moment of falling to, I don't know where through the depths of cloud city, but also it kind of sounds like he's having fun. Like he's at pleasure Island and going down a slide or something. (laughs) The fun screams of terror on a water slide. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're riding rock and roller coaster or something. Woo. So yeah, if you go and you watch the empire strikes back now, like we said, it is not in there, and it's kind of like everything of the original 1997 versions of the special edition. It's completely lost to time. It's been kind of neat seeing that there are people out there that have like 35 millimeter, like digital version bootlegs of just the 97 versions just for the people that grew up with those versions or weirdos like us that are nostalgic for all the weird changes that only existed in that 97 version. Well, that's just something that I think is just so kind of fascinating and interesting with just the whole weirdness of star Wars that as much as there was so much complaining about the special editions erasing the original versions, the same thing happened to the special editions that the 97 special edition is in the same boat as as the original versions where it really was just a snapshot in time and Star Wars is always changing and there's no there's no stopping the change. <laughs> well, and from the DVD, I mean the DVD is another case, the DVD to the Blu-ray and then the Blu-ray to the Disney Plus. It's always changing and I feel like now with Disney Plus like 
it's kind of the definitive final version, but every once in a while you see somebody say like on the internet or something, wouldn't it be crazy if suddenly something changed? If like George Lucas sent someone a note, like you gotta, you gotta flip this around. This droid's gotta walk a little funnier. And suddenly something on Disney plus changed, but Luke's scream, it can, it can still be found. If you search around on YouTube, if you want to experience it, if you want to see the, the, the visual with the audio or dig out your special edition VHS tapes, Get out your silver box or your gold box. You know, we're not going to judge if you have the gold box. Yeah. It, the funny thing going back is kind of almost the people who got the gold box in the pan and scan one kind of had made the right choice when you go back to VHS because it almost looks better because it's it's a little bit clearer. Okay, so let's talk about some other great moments in Luke's Scream history. And we had some some listeners send in their versions of Luke screams. And we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to cut their Luke screams into the scene in the film. We're going to mix it in, see how they all work. But let's start out though, with uh, the legendary and insane Luke scream from the classic star Wars video game, Jedi outcast. <laughs> and now let's hear it as it would sound in The Empire Strikes Back. It is the only way. They could have used that in the special edition. Well, this game came out in 2002, so it was in the Luke Scream era. You know, I'm sure there was some inspiration there of, well, Luke screams like a maniac when he falls in Cloud City. I guess all the Jedi in this game need to scream like maniacs when they uh, fall to their death. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> that's that's how dedicated they were to getting Star Wars authenticity. So let's listen to some listeners that sent in their screams, their Luke screams. Our first one is from Wes. Let's listen to Wes's Luke scream. It is the only way. It's guttural. Yeah, that was great. It's got some 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 last lasting sustain on it. Passion. Thank you, Wes. This next one is from Brad from Johnson City, Tennessee. Let's check out what uh, what Brad's got going on here. It is the only way. I hope everybody's okay after these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the uh, the uh, the vibrato. In that one, we got one from Steve here. Steve did a little bit of the uh, the kind of earlier in the scene, the no kind of thing, which I think would also work with Luke falling. So let's check that out. It is the only way. No! That's 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 really good. <laughs> but I kind of like the idea of. 
Luke deciding to fall, but then as soon as he falls, having second thoughts and just screaming out, no, no. <laughs> Maybe he fell. And it's almost like they could say more that he slipped. And he's he's still just really mad at Vader, what Vader told him. And he's going down. He's like, no, no, stop. <laughs> Let's check out here what it would sound like with Luke falling, but with the classic Tom from Tom and Jerry fame. Let's hear that scream. It is the only way. And we can't talk about screams without mentioning our good friend Jim Gillette from the incredible band Nitro, the master of the scream. Let's hear Luke following with that Jim Gillette scream. It is the only way. Bespin needs a deeper pit for that one. That's if we worked for Ben Burt. That's what, is it what you need to scream? Yeah, you need to get all these, a couple of these nitro screams into the, into the Star Wars uh, library for the future. So the future generations have, have access to this. So Gabe, what have, what have we learned here today in this, this masterpiece, this work of fine art with, with the Luke special edition scream? What, what are, what are the takeaways here? I think it's, it's sometimes, Mistakes can turn out to be better than you expected or be even better than something you did on purpose. And other times, mistakes are just mistakes. And the best you can do is erase that mistake and try to pretend like it never happened. <laughs> it's like Yoda. It's like Yoda in The Last Jedi. It's basically what he says to Luke <laughs> from a certain point of view. some of the wonderful Apple Podcast reviews that you folks have left for us. Our first one here is titled The Best Star Wars Podcast from Adam Hunt Miller. And Adam writes, Jason and Gabe share their love of our favorite galaxy in weekly bursts of fun and uncover all sorts of corners that used to be reserved for only late night wonderings. They keep it positive and welcoming so any fan can jump in and feel included and you can tell they're good pals. I like this because I enjoy Star Wars with my friends from long ago too, so I feel like they get me. The Blast Points boys enjoy all parts of the saga, but know how to laugh at the insane stuff too. It's a big galaxy of lore, so let Jason and Gabe be your guides. Well, that's great. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank you. 
And next we have Good Old Fashioned Fun by Jen Zool. I'm a relatively new listener, but seriously, this podcast is so much fun. It's the only podcast I look forward to. I can't believe I spent so much time learning about George Lucas's hair and genuinely enjoyed myself. <laughs> the Max Rebo episode was sensational. It's also very informative in such a laid back way. I love Star Wars and I love this podcast. Well, that's great. I love it. Thank you, Jen Zool. Yeah. Next one is My Kindred Star Wars Spirits by Stephen B-Wing Danley. I came along Blast Points far later than I wish I had, but have been thoroughly enjoying keeping up and tracking back with their positivity, sense of humor, and tendency to deep dive for the weird. Jason and Gabe feel like my kindred Star Wars spirits and have quickly become a mainstay of my podcast playlist. Give me all the Q marks. Well, <laughs> just just wait. The prequel Q marks is burning a hole in our episode list there. So. All right. And last one here is It's Goofy, It's Star Wars, It's Blast Points by Anonymous Milk. Entertaining, lighthearted, and nerdy. You'd want the host sitting at your table on trivia night. Would you, though? Would you? <laughs> I'm still scarred from the last time I played uh, Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, and I won't even talk about it. It was so embarrassing. So that Brandon Winerdy still got his championship ring. Yeah, one day we'll have that rematch. But thank you, Anonymous Milk, Stephen, Jenzul, and Adam, and. You should add to the fun and help the show by leaving your own little review on Apple Podcasts when you get done listening. Leave us a five-star review, write a little something nice, and just maybe we will end up reading your review on an upcoming episode. from the Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Inside, it's got room for your favorite Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back action figures. They fit? Yeah. There's new Dengar, Adat Driver, Rebel Commander, Leia, and 21B. You can hold up to 31 action figures, each sold separately, and you can take them with you. Darth Vader collector's case. Action figures, each sold separately. From Kenner. This is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dulan, Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you always. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Check out our website. 
website, blastpointspodcast.com, and make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you are part of our Super Chill group. If you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army on Patreon. Tons and tons and tons of bonus stuff on there. There's the rumor going around that on May the 4th coming up, there's going to be a Disney gallery for the Book of Boba. So maybe we could do something on the Patreon for that. And Celebration is right around the corner. There's going to be a lot of Celebration stuff that it's going to be just for the folks on Blast Points Army, and it's a good time to give a little shout out to all the new members of the Blast Points Army. So, a huge thank you to Elijah, Travis, Alex, and Taylor, Research Droid. Thank you all so much, and thank you to everyone on the Blast Points Army. Your support means the world to us, and you're all incredible. Yeah, thank you, everybody. And yeah, it's going to get exciting over there. In just a few weeks, so we're almost to May, and once we're in May, we're just hours, hundreds of hours, but still hours away from Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> this Masterpiece episode is our last normal episode for a while, because going into May, we're doing a whole run of Celebration-related episodes. As we get closer, we're going to have some guests on. Tom Spina is going to be on, hyping up. Everything he's got going on with Regal Robot, we're, we're going to have a Celebration Tips and Tricks episode with very cool guests that I'm sure all of you are familiar with. And yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of Celebration madness for the next, what, 30 plus days. So it's going to get crazy around here. You might need to jump into a big bottomless pit and scream. There's going to be so much <laughs> Celebration excitement. Until then, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. <laughs>